to the MetPro Method. I'm your host, Megan Omley. Today, I'm joined by our usual host and lead coach, Crystal O'Keefe. Today, we are going to mix things up. I'm going to be interviewing Crystal about her Big Sur 21 miler. If you haven't listened to our interview about her returning from injury for this race and her training journey, go check that out first. Crystal, thanks for being here. This is so fun. Thanks for having me. So excited to hear this story. I have intentionally waited to ask you 101 questions because... (laughs) I know I'm just going to be like in awe of all that you accomplished. And so I'm really excited to to chat with you and hear how everything went. Oh, a pressure. I hope I don't disappoint. <laughs> you won't. Not one bit. So fill me in. Obviously, this was a race that you traveled for. So you arrived, you did your thing. Um, but fill me in. Like, what was the morning prior to the race like for you? So, okay. So if you've ever done Big Sur, anybody out there if they've ever done Big Sur you know it's an early call time it's one of the earliest races that there is and because they close Highway 1 uh, we were staying at the race finish which means that we had to get on a bus at 4.15 in the morning so I know yeah and uh, so my morning started at 3 a.m. and uh, (laughs) I I had thought ahead the day before because we were in a hotel and it's always tough to figure out like what your food's going to be when you're in a hotel so what I did was the day before when I ordered room service I ordered an extra breakfast sandwich and um, I had it like really plain. They didn't have a microwave in the room. So that morning when I woke up at three, I had half that sandwich and it was cold. And surprisingly, an egg sandwich tastes amazing cold for anybody out there who might be curious. I thought it was going to be terrible. I was like bracing myself and I was like, this is delightful. Good, Yay. (laughs) So we started off good. Uh, However, um, about 30 seconds after I finished my sandwich, I realized that I had forgotten something very important. Very, very important. Uh, That would be my sports bra. Oh, no. no, That's like the worst. Yes. So for various reasons, I have a sleep bra that I sleep in. So I could have taken that, but I didn't want to. So uh, luckily, I was running this race with friends. And so I reached out to my friend, Christina Sandifer, who was riding the bus up with me. And she's like uber prepared for everything. So I had a feeling she might have an extra. She had two extras because that's how she rolls. And uh, so because she's an excellent friend, she came over immediately and and dropped off the sports bra so I could continue to get ready. And then, yes, exactly. And then we we continued on our way, which luckily I, I we lucked out. My husband picked out the hotel and it ended up being like the spot that we got on the bus for. So that was great. So you didn't have to try to get somewhere else. I did not. So we went over to the bus and we got in line and the bus picked up promptly at 4.15 and we were on our way. Uh, Luckily, it was still dark. So I couldn't see how bad the route was, but I could feel we were going down a lot of hills and uh, that concerned me. But uh, yeah, um, it was probably best that I didn't see it. I, I will be really honest with you. Uh, we got to the start line at. Have you ever driven Highway One no, before? Never. I purposely did not do it before the run because I've seen pictures. I knew it was really hilly, and I didn't want to get in my own head about it. I was already freaked out about this on. Friday when we traveled there um, I started to get really nervous about the whole thing like I was I had this pit of dread like just like oh my god am I going to be able to do this then I woke up Saturday morning and I was ecstatically excited we went to go see the Red Forest on Saturday so the race was on Sunday the Redwoods and uh, I was super excited
excited about that. So I was I, I really enjoyed my day Saturday, went to the expo um, and then I woke up on Sunday and I really didn't have enough sleep to to be nervous. Like it was just like it was it was so little sleep that it was just kind of like go, go, go from the moment I woke up. So, uh, yeah, we got to the race line and they had uh, coffee, which is one of the best things ever at a race. Um, yeah. And, and uh, they also exactly. <laughs> and then they did yoga and it started to get cold. I had decided to do a long sleeve shirt and I was very grateful that I had um, Christina ever prepare had a mylar blanket. So I threw that on uh, and she she was like in a sweatshirt, but she was going to take it off at the race line. This is a thing she does every time she runs a race and Big Sur, they donate it. So they pick up all the discarded clothes and they donated. A lot of races do that. So it's a good way to get like a cheap sweatshirt, something that you don't care a lot about how it looks and you don't mind donating it. Excellent to take to the start line. So we uh, we started off and uh, felt really good, except for the fact that the start line was point two away from where the check in actually was. So that was kind of cruel. Like we were not already walking far enough. We really need to do that. You know, I thought that was kind of mean. Um, but <laughs> we got up there and uh, we got going and I was I did really well um, up until about mile eight. I started feeling like I could feel the fatigue in the back of my legs. That was also the beginning of the two mile climb. Uh, so there is a two mile hill and 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 it's if if you're doing it from the very beginning, because remember, we started five miles ahead of everybody who was doing the marathon eight. And it was like really tough. Um, so uh, I was still going really uphill. That's a good that's a good good track yeah and we did it at a really good pace like we were at like 15 minutes because we, we were walking I thought if I had enough energy left my plan was to do some jogging during the second half um, particularly after on the downhills so we got going we were going my friend Dr. Jen she was filming every couple of miles you could tell she had lots of energy because she was filming a lot uh, that that definitely waned later on um, I was surprised to see there were cows by the sea y'all have cows out there right by the ocean that was fascinating <laughs> yeah absolutely um, and it was gorgeous like one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen I felt so lucky to be seeing that and be able to like slow down and take it in at my own pace instead of in a car it's very yes walking or biking or something like that's the best way to see scenery yeah absolutely where you can really just stop and take lots of pictures um i was feeling really good when we got to bixby bridge um and that was i believe built in like 1932 something and uh that was really really cool again to be able to take pictures of it uh they had a piano player right in the middle of the bridge uh and yeah yeah. and he was he was playing all kinds of hits and uh it was really fun um and every few miles they had a different instrument uh sometimes they had violins there were bagpipes at a different mile marker couldn't tell you which one um there was uh an accordion um and we reminded me of Weird Al. It was very random. Uh, and then there were even ponies out there. Somebody had brought like short little horses that you could come and hug. Uh, they were across the road, though. Um, <laughs> I know they, they said like free pony hugs. And I totally would have done that. But they were across the street. And I could not bring myself to cross that yellow line. Still very, very terrified of traffic. And even though it was closed, we were going very slowly. Emergency vehicles would come through. The marathoners that were elite runners, they 
they were coming through. Uh, so it was constant traffic over in that lane. So it was terrifying for me. So I was like, I'll stay over here near this line so I can be as far from that as possible. And they were very safe and very careful. It was definitely all about me. Like it was my fear, not anybody else's. Um and kind of a uh, roller coaster of emotions. Probably. It was. It was such a roller coaster because we started off and I was like so excited to be there. I was so happy, and uh, then it was just like, oh wow, we're on a road. And and then like when I saw that hill, because you you go around this corner and you go down before you go up that two mile hill. That yeah. was that was like holy crap. And it was it was filled with fog at that time of the morning, so it just looked like it went on forever. And and so I had talked to Jesse, one of our fellow coaches, on Thursday, and she was like, just don't look up. And I kept thinking of her as I was walking, because I was like, just one foot in front of the other. <laughs> and and so I just kept going. I did notice about mile 10 that I started having a hot spot on my foot. Okay. I got very worried. I had brought some moleskin. But everybody I was with was like, oh, don't put it on. Like, wait till it hurts really bad and then put it on. Well, I don't know if that was good advice or not, because it's not like I've done a ton of these. But uh, I will tell you that by mile 13, it was really painful. They were in the center of each foot pad on each foot. And the left one, I could feel it's pretty disgusting, but I could feel it squishing. And I was like really concerned about it so we stopped and a medic and i just like asked like is it better for me to put moleskin on like should i do something should i not and they were just like well do you really think you're gonna be able to finish and i was like oh i'm finishing that is exactly what i said i was like that is not up for debate i did not come here to ask you that i came here to get help for my feet um and he took forever to help me it was very frustrating because that like slowed down our time so much finally he just put band-aids and vaseline on i'm like i don't know that that was any better than my moleskin i could have just slapped that on myself and kept going lesson learned don't stop unless you need to They had a ton of porta potties and it was three ladies all in our 40s and a little older. So we had to stop a lot. That was fun. And they got progressively more disgusting throughout the route. Yeah. 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 That was that was fun. I'll just leave that to your imagination. You can just. uh... (laughs) Maybe it was a little bit unexpected or maybe expected. I. I didn't think I would have to stop that often. I was surprised. I was trying to stay hydrated and it's like this balance, right? Because absolutely, I had my water bottle and I kept stopping for like noon and I would stop for an orange and things like that. And I would just like grab it and like just eat the orange really fast, throw it in. And then I would be like, oh, now I got to go to the bathroom. So I'd have to stop and um so at the mile 13 really slowed us down and it continued to hurt after that. Like after that point, every single step was agonizing. And uh, my friend Christina was like, well, you know, you just need to not think about the pain. And and I thought about Let's get in that. Exactly. Well, so I thought about something a Peloton instructor has said, and I don't remember which one it was, although I should. And at some point I've heard a Peloton instructor and they said it only hurts so bad. Like it's only the, the pain is only going to get so bad and then it's not going to get any worse. And I was like, I can do this. I can do this. And then uh, Dr. Jen was like, you know, 
getting hit by a car was more painful than what you're experiencing right now. That really helped me to put that in perspective, especially when I thought about the fact of how bad the road rash had been for those first that first week was just so much pain. Um, And so I was just determined to keep going. So I would just I just kept putting one step in front of the other. We kept getting slower and slower on our pace. But uh, Christina was watching the time. She was like a hawk on that clock. You know, if like we stopped, she was like, Crystal, you keep going. Go, go, go. Like we got we got it. You don't have time to stop. And then they would run and catch up with me. they were they were just really, really good friends. I don't know that I could have finished this race without the support, the moral support of having people there cheering me on and like, we got to get this. We got to do this, especially if I did not have the public accountability of telling people I was doing this. Like, I think I would have been like, I'm good. Yeah, this, this was yeah. nice, but I'm good. <laughs> yes. So was there anything else you had? The blisters were unexpected along the way. Was there anything else that was unexpected? Let's see. You know, um, the amount of people coming through from the marathon, like, uh, you know, you forget how quick other people like like if they're running 10 minutes a mile and we're walking 15 to 17 minutes a mile, that's a huge difference. And they catch up with you. But on Big Sur, it's different than other routes I've done. And I haven't done that many of these, but. In this particular race, because the right lane of the highway is closed for race vehicles, you have to stay in the left lane, which means that all walkers and runners have to be in that left lane. So if you have a bunch of people coming through, um, like a pace group, for example, uh, it's it's very crowded. And I was I was not expecting that in my head, like since we had started you know, like people would pass us and then that would be it, you know, but no, no, they just kept passing. They kept coming. So that was really unexpected. And the blisters themselves, of course, were unexpected. Um, and, and I think just this inner like determination to finish. I did not. I it's it's funny, you know, you hear that all the time where people say you're capable of so much more than you think. But it's yeah. moments like that that you they test really it. show you what you're capable of. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so things you navigated during the race that you hadn't really planned for, right? Blisters, you know, the pace people coming by, using the restroom. What else? Anything else? Yeah, um, I noticed I had been... Okay, so I ate that breakfast before I got there. And then at the start line, right before we started, I had had like a whole block of chews with caffeine in them. Um, And then uh, that was kind of it for my food. And then I was doing uh, goose or oranges every 40 minutes. But I noticed, even though I did not feel hungry, my stomach started growling. It was so weird. Um, And so I had to just keep eating and eating and eating. And it felt like I was eating like I felt like I was eating like every 30 seconds. I didn't, you know, I mean, that's not really what was happening, but that's what it felt like. Also, uh, the wind. Um, So you you might appreciate this living in California. Um, The headwinds I had been prepared for. I was expecting that. However, they said this was the worst headwinds that they had ever had in the history of the race. And I was like, of course, it would be this year. (laughs) We had had that beautiful weather the week before and the the storms were blowing in and that gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. 25 miles an hour were the winds that we were fighting against. And at one point when I was going around the corners it kind of felt like you were just flying right off the mountain because like to push through it was like 
it was so intense and I couldn't hear anything. People were right next to me talking. I could not hear them. And, uh, you know, I wear an Apple watch and it kept yelling at me. It was like, it's too loud here. It's too loud loud here. (laughs) I get that every night at bath time with my kids. Oh, yeah, I bet you do. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. so the wind. Yeah, that wind is brutal and it's cold, too. Yeah. Again, so grateful I had that long sleeve shirt. It was it was a very last second decision that I went with the long sleeve. And I'm so glad I did. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So pre-race, what did you eat? Right. You told us you had half of the egg sandwich. Then you had some coffee, it sounds like. Yes. And then you had some chews with caffeine. And then throughout the race, it sounds like you just kind of snacked and listened to your body. Did you have a plan going in on how you were going to fuel? I was hoping to do like a goo packet every 45 minutes. I think that it probably was a little bit less than that because I kept stopping and getting oranges and noon. I would alternate a sip of noon and then I would take a big drink of water um, because I have learned from my own experience just with longer runs for me that whenever I have goo and I don't drink a lot of water, my stomach gets very upset. Same thing with Gatorade. Uh, it's uh, My stomach is very sensitive. So I was grateful they had noon uh, because that does not upset my stomach nearly as much and I was able to, to continue to drink it. But I just kept doing like a little sip. It was hard yeah. to drink and walk. So I would just like just get a sip and then throw it out you know um yeah also i don't know if you know this you probably do because you live in california but uh we on that route is uh brad pitt's 40 million dollar house uh that was pretty cool dr jen stopped and got pictures of that because she knew exactly where it was neat house very neat house it blends in that was i know it does it definitely does yeah Yeah. it's pretty cool yeah yeah so saw some sights i did yes it was gorgeous Yeah, I know. It really is. There's nothing like the the, the California coast. There it's isn't. Rugged, you know, it's really pretty. So I know that obviously your training and everything for this race was different than you expected, right? Yes. Still going in, you know, you had the goal to finish, which you accomplished. Were there any other goals that you had kind of set out that you feel like you accomplished? And were you satisfied with how you did. So um, originally I had wanted to run this because I wanted to use this to transition from half marathon, which was the longest distance I had ever done to a full marathon. Um, That obviously because of everything else that happened, that changed to, okay, let's just get through it. Then my goal became, I wanted to not only get through it, but I wanted to finish in, in enough time. The cutoff was, was still like 18 30 per mile. Um, and so uh, we averaged like 1737, like it wasn't that much faster. I would have liked to have done some more running throughout. But with the hills, the wind, my feet hurting the way they did, I never really we did a few jogs. And they honestly, they made me run over the finish line. I did not want to I was like, you people are insane. And they were like, No, it's gonna make a good picture. And I was like, Fine, but it was like nails going into the bottom of my feet whenever I did it. And uh, although I was really happy to be done, so it felt really good just to be done. But um, I would say that my goal just became it was almost like this symbol of just like overcoming 
the healing process, getting better. It is what it became just just surviving and trying to enjoy it, even though it hurt how it was so similar in some ways to like getting through the healing process that like you had to just keep putting one foot in front of the other, even though it hurt. Um, And, you know, you can feel sorry for yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, like, what's that going to do? You got to keep going. And and so it was it was very like a similar path, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this surprised me. You, you asked about emotions earlier. Um, as I crossed the finish line, we high fived all three of us. And then they each hugged me and they said, we're so glad you're alive. And I just started bawling like I have never been emotional at a race and I could not stop crying. Like it was just it like released this thing in me that I was just like, I did that like that was really hard. And it wasn't just the race. It was the last three months. It all just kind of came out. And uh it felt really good just to be like, okay, that is behind me. You know, like I did that. So. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's really great. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Good. Well, anything else? Well, actually I do have a question. What about since the race? How has recovery felt? <laughs> what are you, what have you done to aid in that? Obviously you had some travel back home. Um, <laughs> Yeah, have you won again since? Fill me in on on what post race has looked like. So we came home that Monday. Um, my blisters were so bad that uh, that was that was rough because our connecting flight we only had forty minutes, um, and then our flight was ten. It was ten minutes late landing, which means we only had thirty minutes to get from one end of the airport to the other. So uh, yeah, totally got a wheelchair, and uh, this very nice lady literally ran us through the airport. She was like sweating when she got there. I felt so bad for her, but she made she got us to our flight on time. Um, and um, that was very humbling. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. what have I done? Um, I, I also reached out immediately to my physical therapist to, to talk about what had happened. My, my knee was a little bit sore. Uh, and we talked a lot about my blisters, why that had happened. Nobody else around me had these blisters. And this is not the first time I've had an issue with blisters. And, right. And you were wearing shoes that you had been training in, I'd assume. And exactly. So. I had good socks. I had good socks. Um, and I had put, uh, you know, the body glide on the bottom of my feet. I put it everywhere to make sure that I didn't have any issues and I still did um, so we talked about that and uh, on Friday I went in to meet with him okay so when I first started running uh, you have to remember I didn't start running until I was in my late 30s and I've always had knee issues and I have a little bit of pronation so they put me in stability shoes and they also put me in stability inserts not like custom ones but the ones you can get for running so I had all that in and his theory is that um, my foot had nowhere to go So basically the back of my foot, you know, it was like super stable. And so it couldn't move with the shoe. And so then it was just moving against the shoe and all of the impact was hitting right at the bottom of my toes. And so because of that, and because it was such a long race, and also let's not forget that I didn't get the amount of time out there on the road. Exactly. That I would have prior to the, if the accident hadn't occurred.
hard. So all of those things together, he felt like was not good for me. So I'm going to be moving to zero drop shoes. uh, And we're going to try that. And then but I'm going to be easing into them like 10 minutes at a time. And then also still in my longer run, still using the shoes I was using before, but not putting the inserts in and doing that longer and longer periods of time to help with my feet getting stronger. Because he was like, you might have needed that when you first started, but you definitely don't now your leg strength has changed. So I know we always tell people go get fitted. But I would also say, don't just do the same thing you've done for five years, continue to get fitted once a year, like get updated, because that's I did not do that aspect of it. So yeah, interesting. That's great. That's a great reminder. Yeah, yeah. great reminder. Yeah. And I uh, and I did my first post race run today. Uh, so now I'm on a speed training program. <laughs> exactly. I uh, I did a 10 minute warm up run in my new shoes. And then I switched over and did 45 minutes in my my other shoes without the inserts. It felt great. <laughs> of course, I didn't do 13 miles. So you know, right. 13 miles was fine. It was after yeah. that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. So now it sounds like you're you're focused on getting faster and speed and yes, yes, the next. exactly. I've gained about 10 pounds since my accident occurred too. So I uh, it's time to to get that off and, um, you know, that'll make me run a little bit faster, but also just getting fast again. I was starting to get faster before all this happened. And so I want to get back to where I was before that. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you are on an amazing road to recovery. <laughs> I, I feel very, very fortunate uh, to have this has gone very smoothly and I feel very lucky to that it has. So absolutely well anything else you want to share with our listeners just don't assume you can't do things even when you're scared of it to be perfectly frank this morning i had a 60 minute run in front of me and i was kind of terrified my feet hurt and i didn't really want it to hurt again so uh put a band-aid on there and i was fully prepared that hey if this isn't feeling good i'm gonna i'm gonna change gears i'm gonna hop on the rower instead but it did and so don't hold yourself back at least try before you assume you can't do something yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. Really appreciate hearing your story. Fun for me and all of our listeners, too. Well, so. I really appreciate the the time and space to do it. So thank you very much. Absolutely. All right, listeners. Well, that is all for this week. You can find all of the MetPro Method episodes anywhere you get your podcasts or at metpro.co forward slash podcast. Please be sure to follow the show and rate and review. That lets other people know what they can expect from the show. You can learn more about the MetPro Method at metpro.co. I'm your host, Megan Omley, and Crystal will be back with you next week. Until then, remember, consistency is key. Thank you.